Hello, and welcome to The Exit presented by Flippa. This is a 30-minute podcast featuring amazing entrepreneurs who have been there and they have done it. The Exit talks to operators who have bought and sold businesses of all different sizes. You'll learn how they did it, why they did it, and get exposure to the world of exits. It's a world occupied by a small few, but accessible to many. Now, in this episode, I sit down with Diane Prince. And before we started recording, we started talking a lot about the coaching industry and how it's got a ton of people who are coaching and have not actually run businesses. And I'm not speaking poorly on the entire coaching industry, but I will say that there needs to be a space for experts to teach and for people to learn from experts who have executed on things like starting businesses and exiting them successfully. And that is exactly what Diane has accomplished. She's exited over five businesses, including a company called OnStaff that was a, a staffing company that was her first company to exit for multi-millions of dollars. And it is a very exciting story of how she started it, how she scaled it, and how she went through the process of an exit through different iBankers, all the way to writing all the connections she has on a legal pad and reaching out to them. So she has gone through all of the different types of exits with a handful. So it's very exciting to sit down with her, talk through what it's like to start a company, the struggles that entrepreneurs run into with taking it to the next level, and just all the different intricacies of starting and exiting businesses. So without further ado, let's sit down and talk to Diane Prince. All right, everyone. Today, I am joined with Diane Prince. She's the CEO, founder, and business coach. How are you doing today, Diane? Great, Steve. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited to kind of walk through this. We talked a little bit offline about, uh, you know, your coaching and how you've successfully exited quite a few companies. And that makes for a very good <laughs> coach, um, which I, I, I like that, that you have some good background and you're helping entrepreneurs out there. Uh, I think that that's a really great start. So let's get into your background first so people can get a sense for, for how you got started. Sure. Well, background, I have a master's degree in French literature. <laughs> Most people think I have an MBA. And when it was time to go from master's to the PhD program, the chair of the department called me and said, we think the department has you know, voted and we think you're better, probably better suited towards business. <laughs> so even though that was a blow to the ego, I knew they were right. And I started, I started my first company really with very little experience and just dove in. Yeah. Yeah. That's oft, often the case. I mean, people identify a, a problem and uh, they go after it regardless of their you know experience levels. And it's always so interesting to me that entrepreneurs are just eager to learn and willing to learn, even if the space is rocket science, you know, they're just <laughs> willing to surround themselves uh, with people. So Let's talk a little bit about uh, on staff and and how you how you got started and uh, how it led to an exit. Yeah, so originally, so my the way that I started was looking for, I I knew I wanted to start a business, and was looking for the first. It was I didn't have the business idea first. First, we had the idea of running our own business, and so first it was really it started for me. It started with the personal vision or the why and what we wanted to accomplish. And then after that, it was brainstorming on what would be 
the business, what would be a business that we could start and scale in order to achieve those personal goals? Like what I mean by that is like I, a lot of people will start a business. You have to me, I always feel like I'm really a big believer in your personal vision. And I do believe that when you have that, you'll do whatever it takes to get there when you have a strong tie to to what's making you do this thing. And so and as business owners, there's so many decisions to make as far as what kind of business. So we had to find an idea that would that we could scale and sell because that was our goal. And with that business, you know, what kind of KPIs were you tracking? What, how did you define success and what type of metrics were you, were you tracking? Yeah. I mean, the first three years, we knew nothing about metrics and KPIs. <laughs> so we just did it. Yeah. So much of it was just diving in and figuring it out as we went along. And so we just started like, you know, started scraping and bootstrapping and just doing the next everything about business right is going from the step where you're at to the next thing so that's what we kept on doing and figuring it out as we went along and then it wasn't until probably three years in when we really started we brought on some more co-founders started getting more structure we had what we called our war room where we had then we all of a sudden had the kpis and everything we were a staffing agency so our main KPIs were basically how many people, we had thousands of temporary employees working around the country. So that was our, our main thing, basically was how many, how many employees we had on assignment. And in terms of the, the exit itself as a staffing agency, how, how did that come about uh, and, and who acquired the business? Yeah, and, um, and I, I would say like, with with a recruitment firm, because a lot of people ask me about scaling their direct hire staffing agency, we were a contract staffing business. And so I always looking at businesses on what is your what is your recurring revenue? What is what if you're looking to exit? What is the value that you can bring to someone who's going to purchase your company? When we were we, we so we really started with the exit in mind. Now, this might be different from a lot of people who are starting businesses, but we had we always had the exit in mind. So pretty early on in about, about I mean, it didn't take that long, it was six years from start from scratch to exiting. But pretty early on, we started meeting with advisors and an investment banker was one of our best, strongest advisors because we would go to him every quarter and say, this is where we're at. He knew our goal. So he became, he became, you know, he knew he would have a piece of it later on. And so he became really important to us. So we would go to him and basically tell him where we're at, what are the next steps? And then we just kept on following those steps. So eventually we, this is, this is a part, you know, I know you're going to ask me a question about what I learned later and what I would have done differently, but um, you know, it's very typical. And as you know, I coach and I work with a lot of business owners and it's very typical that you start this thing and it's so exciting. And then all of a sudden you have this thing and all you want to do is get rid of it. So I think it's, I'm sure a lot of your listeners could relate to that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, honestly, that is basically where we were at. Like we could not wait to get rid of this thing, but we want, but it it got to a point, like we had our first million dollar week where we had a valuable asset 
And so it became time to take it to market. And then when we did, it was not, it was not necessarily a smooth process. It was in the, in it, 9-11 happened in the middle of it, of our deal process. So there were a lot of ups and downs until we got that big fat check. Yeah. And then kind of that, that black swan event, I think that's been coming up quite a lot over the past couple of months uh, with the people I've been talking to, because we just kind of have been in the midst of one of those uh, kind of black swan events where people that are, mm. you see who's prepared, who's not prepared. And um, it's a, a very tricky thing to even get ready for. So how, you know, you mentioned a little bit about that you felt it was, it was time to, to sell. And you've described the feeling that a lot of people feel of like, Oh, wow. I just incurred all these responsibilities when I wanted to be my own boss. I actually incurred way more responsibilities than I even thought I, I, I was going to, and they want to get rid of it. So that's a good segue into when the right time to sell is. So for the entrepreneurs that are listening, whether you have a business or you're wanting to start one for you and the people that you've coached in the past, uh, what do you say is the right time uh, for them to to sell? Every business being different, obviously. Yeah, every business being different. Every every person and every entrepreneur is different. Mm-hmm. I would say, and that's where I, I believe that when you know how you want to live your life, every decision that you take in the business as you're building a business is going to affect how you live your life. So I would I'm going to answer the question as in more of a preventative way before before answering how you know it's time to sell will make you sell in a way that is is better timing is if you can run the business in a way that you know there's always going to be problems you know it's good i mean this is going to be stressful especially if you're successful if you're bringing in multi-millions of dollars even if you're not even if it's six figures it's stressful and knowing that and having tools in place to mitigate that stress so that you're not so anxious that you want to sell it. And it's really common too, where startups are so scrappy at the beginning, you know, you're watching every penny. And then at the end of it, you're willing to leave hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on the table just to get the deal done. So to answer your question, when you, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I don't think that there's a blanket answer to that when you know when it's time to exit. I think it's, I think it's different for everybody. And I think it's also, And you don't know, you know, some of my clients will talk about, well, what would they do after they sold? I was just talking to a husband and wife team and and she was worried about what he would do. And you just don't know. I mean, it's kind of like like having a baby or, you know, you don't know what it's like until you're there. Mm -hmm. So I gosh, I know this is probably a vague answer and I don't like vagueness, but I don't really think I don't I think it's just business is so personal. Entrepreneurship is personal. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the biggest gift of being an entrepreneur is you get to do things the way that you want to do them. So I really think it's personal for Mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah, totally agree. Everybody's different. And also probably one of the foundational pieces is everybody's at a different chapter in their life um, that's defined by them. So You know, some people I've talked to multiple entrepreneurs that were, you know, they were just getting started with their Mm -hmm. careers and their, their business partner or their co-founders were about to retire. So those two chapters together in a business are going to be very uh, different in their decision-making, right? Because they're one person's ready to kind of 
hang up a little bit and, and relax and retire. And then the other person is just getting revved up and wants to, to keep going. And I think that there's a lot to say about the, the individual. And like you said, it's very personal for, yeah. for each founder. And then for the business side, I mean, obviously it's when your business is in an upswing, that's a great time to sell when things are looking good. I mean, you don't want to sell when you're desperate. I have done that before. It's not as good of an outcome. It's when when things are going really well. Um, So looking at besides the personal part, like actually the business part, when you have, you have good, solid recurring revenue, that's, I mean, those are good times. So when it's still a good good timing in the market. So you don't want to wait until the life cycle of the market is tanking and it's, you know, it's a fire sale. So really when, when you really have an asset that's valuable, Mm -hmm. like anything like real estate, it's, you know, the best time to sell is when the market's hot. Hey guys, Steve here and taking a quick pause from the interview. I know that selling a business can feel unattainable and just out of reach for everybody, but it's definitely something that is very reachable for people that are listening to this podcast with Flippa. And I've mentioned that this show is presented by Flippa. They have over 3 million users on their platform who are looking to acquire everything from content sites to e-commerce stores to SaaS platforms or even mobile applications. So if you're curious and want to know more about what your business is worth, head to flippa.com slash the exit for free valuations on your business. It takes a couple minutes to literally go through and you can just go through the whole process without committing to anything at all. So once again, flipit.com slash the exit, check it out, get evaluation on your business without any commitments and just see exactly what your valuation of your business is worth. So let's dive into the interview. So this is a good section here where since you've had, you know, five plus exits, what is the best way for people to prepare? their business or even emotionally prepare for something like an exit. Cause for some it's, it's like hitting a brick wall. All of a sudden this, you know, this asset that you've built, like you said, you're attached personally, you've built it over, let's say 10 years and then boom, you're, you're done. Uh, you, you, you walk away, your day-to-day's changed. Everything's changed overnight. What could you say is the best way to prepare as an entrepreneur? to prepare for the life after an exit, I would say, I mean, for me, it was, especially if we were talking about my first exit, it was, it was pretty easy. I mean, I, 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 one thing that I, I really found myself appreciating my downtime. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of novels. I surfed, I worked out a lot. So for me, it wasn't, that wasn't really an issue. Like I didn't really have that sort of postpartum feeling, Uh, but I think to prepare, like as you're getting ready, or I tell younger business, you you know, younger, meaning earlier businesses, when they want to exit maybe three to five years to start networking and make sure that you're providing value in your industry and with people, with people in your niche, who could be prospective companies that are, that um, acquire you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think that is one of the most important things besides financial part and all that stuff. But that's something that that's really helped me because with, like with on staff, we exited with the help of an investment banker, but I've also made exits from literally writing down everyone I know on a yellow, 
piece of yellow legal pad <laughs> making phone calls. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And I, I was about to ask that of, of how these exits uh, happen for you. So uh, obviously you, you worked with an iBanker uh, for the first one, and then mm-hmm. you were literally making calls for the next one. Um, what were some of the other experiences you had with kind of coming across the, the acquiring company? Yeah. And I've done a few with investment bankers and a few just honestly dialing the phone. So, um, well, the first one, we, we had a deal that fell through an, a 9-11. And that was from an investment banker basically prepared a book and marketed us out. And we were we had different prospective buyers. And then when the deal fell through, then we decided that we were going to acquire companies. And so we started looking for smaller agencies, we decided this is not the time to sell. So it, d- it didn't seem like it in, in the world events. Mm-hmm. And so it was, even though it was, it was depressing when the deal fell through, it was, we decided to hunker down. And then we hired someone to start finding businesses to acquire. And his first phone call, he called a broker who said, I actually know a company that might be interested in buying you. <laughs> and so that was, that was the, and, and then we, we engaged the investment banker. Like once we had the buyer, we engaged him to help us guide us through the deal. And had we not, we would have left. I'm sure we left millions on the table. We would have left more millions on the table. Had we not done that. Very, uh, very insightful. I like how it went, went the other way. We, we want to buy you. No, we want to buy you. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty funny turn of events there. So in terms of, uh, you know, what you're working on now as a coach, how many businesses are you currently coaching and entrepreneurs? And what was that transition like where you go from, you know, exiting the fifth business and then you, you decided, okay, I'm going to be a coach to help people go through this whole process. Was that kind of the mentality and and where are you at now? Yeah. So, um, so the transition was after, after my last business, that was in 2015, then I started working for, I, I, I was, I was, I, I coached as a volunteer through different programs. And so I was a coach at women founders network. Uh, and the, one of the founders who I was coaching asked me if I would come on board and help them with their startup. So I took an active role, a contract role as their head of sales. So I started for a few years, I started taking, I'd take, I'd either act as head of sales or head of operations, helping founders to, and I would do like one or two companies at a time, helping founders to get to their, their next level. And so at the same time, taking an active role and also advising the founders. And then I decided during COVID, I, I, I was working, I, I started working at a staffing company. They hired me to help them to build their contract division. And they were, they were looking, they were looking to scale. And then during COVID, I thought, well, what if I, I, I noticed that there are a lot of the coaching business is exploding or there's just, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't look without seeing five coaches. And so I, I got really curious about that. And thought, well, this, because I started looking at their backgrounds and realizing a lot of them were like project managers or hadn't, hadn't done it. And I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, would you hire a swim teacher for your kid who's never jumped in a pool? I just thought it was so fascinating. And so I, and in one of my last business that I, that I had founded, I mentored and coached women, um, 
I had over 300 women who I was mentoring and coaching. And that was, that was part of the business. And I loved that part of it. So it was really a natural transition. And I just kind of threw it out there, kind of like put up a shingle and said, Hey, I'm going to coach. I don't know. And honestly, like my first few clients I said, look, I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting a coaching business <laughs> and people started hiring me and then they kept on hiring me. And it was, and then the more, the deeper that I get, so it's been, it's been over a year now. And the deeper that I get working with my clients, I real, I, I just, I do wonder like, how do people who haven't started scaled and sold businesses even do this because a lot of it is it's a combination of the tactical part like doing you know doing the next thing and then I'll find like I'll be like oh yeah there's I mean I have 25 years of experience building businesses so there's all of these different things that'll come out and I'll be like oh yeah I, I forgot about that you know and then I'll be able to help my clients with mm-hmm. so it, it was really a natural progression and then I just thought I'm going to try this and it's and it's it's been working Nice. Yeah. I think that there is something to be said about the the coaching space and where it's at right now. Um, And it's good to see people like yourself coming in with experience, actually doing it and teaching it. And there's also a clear pattern that I've seen with entrepreneurs that I've talked to uh, for the exit here and people that, that sell a business for any amount really wants to share that experience and help others. And it's this consistent characteristic and pretty much what we're trying to accomplish with this show is literally sharing information to help others. So there's something there within the entrepreneurial spirit um, that is, Hey, I did this. Now I'm going to reach back out and help others that are trying to, you know, reach this, this summit as well, almost Sherpa-like to help people along. And there's something there, I haven't quite figured out what it is, but it's it's a fascinating character trait um, that I see in everyone that, I, that I've had on the show, hmm. of mentorship, advisors, coaching, people that are just trying to help out after you know, accomplishing the 0.01% of, of uh, businesses that'll exit. So there is something there, I think. <laughs> Well, it's really fun. It's it's really fun to, and it's also different not doing, because when you've had, when you've done all of those really hard things and you've gone through cash flow crises and I mean, all, you know, HR nightmares and all that stuff. And you've, you've slodged through the whole thing. It's really, you know, it's like, I'm not doing the hard things anymore. And I'm helping people, like you said, Sherpa, through the hard things. And yeah, it's very, uh, every time I get off a call, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there is, uh, there's problems that you encounter with operating a business that, like you said, you with experience, having done it, um, other people can't actually provide honest advice on how to go through that. If you've never done it yourself, it's mere speculating, you know, like you're, you're literally just theorizing as to, oh, this is what you could do instead of, oh, this is what I did, you know, and it's such yes. a, a, a huge difference, <laughs> a huge difference between the two. Um, but those are, those are the questions that I have that leads me to my finale 
question here on the show. We always ask everyone one consistent question to kind of get a little data point on everyone. So knowing what you know now, what would you tell Diane 10 years ago? Write the story as you're going. Write the story as you're going. Interesting. So making videos, writing blogs, can you elaborate a little bit on, on how you would document? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, all of the above and probably even book. Like I think I, yeah, that was, that was consistently sort of throughout the years. And I've, and I love writing the story. I'm writing the story now, but to have, you know, I have a few pictures from back in the day and the side of the house. And we started the business that we built a $50 million in revenue. And so documenting, like looking back, the more that I could have documented because that is such valuable information and inspiration. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you, Diane. What are you working on now? We kind of touched on that. And where can people learn more about what you're doing? So I work with individual business owners, entrepreneurs, founders, and I, my website is dianeprince.co.co. People can book. I usually do free consultations to make sure that I'm the right fit, that I can help people. And so they can, you can book for, straight from my website. I can be found all over the place too on social media. I'm on LinkedIn mostly. And I'm working with individual business owners to help them to get to where they want to get to from to, I always look at the personal vision, personal vision, as I mentioned earlier, as the goal, and then how to get from where they are today to the next step, to the next step and so on. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing for the coaching space <laughs> as, as an actual coach that has been there and done that wherever you guys are listening on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, all the links that Diane mentioned will be in these show notes. But once again, thank you so much, Diane. Thanks, Steve.